Welcome to Zero to CEO, where seasoned entrepreneurs will teach you how to succeed. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode of Zero to CEO, I speak to workers' compensation analyst, Kevin Ring. Welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here, Jason. Thanks so much for having me. No problem. And today we're going to talk about mastering workers' comp for business success. And, uh, you know, there's there's so much we can dive into in this topic, but just to kind of kick things off, um, let's talk about like some of the strategies that employers can use for successful programs in their business. Since most people listening probably don't know much about this topic. Yeah. I mean, workers comp is something that both insurance agents and employers have often been taught that there's really nothing you can do about the state requires you to to purchase it in most states, virtually every uh, employer has to buy it, uh, but it's the same policy no matter where you buy it from. And so it it tends to get ignored. You might get frustrated that you know you feel like you're paying too much, but what business owner doesn't feel like they're paying too much for all of their insurance? And so I would start by talking about how your business is classified. So Uh, In most states, with the notable exception of uh, Pennsylvania and Delaware, there are more than 500 different uh, classifications that employees can go into. Everything from, you know, clerical work to, you know, the most hazardous employments you can think of, whether it's construction or mining or, or whatever else. And the first place to start, this is something that you'll need to discuss with your insurance agent is to make sure that the uh, proper classification or classifications, as the case may be, uh, are applied to your policy, because that goes a long way towards determining uh, the rate that's applied to your payroll, uh, which is uh, is the bulk of what's going to make up your workers' comp premium. So so all the different businesses, what you're saying is all different businesses – each one has its own specific kind of workers' comp kind of lane that you have to follow. They're not all the same? Uh, well, right. So if, uh, if say, for instance, you owned a, you know, a set of hair salons, um, your workers' comp policy should reflect that, uh, that the folks that work for you are cutting hair. If you own a restaurant, there's a uh, classification for uh, restaurants. If you're in the construction business, uh, generally speaking, uh, you can separate your payroll uh, based on uh, the work that you're doing. So maybe you you have folks go you know repair a toilet uh, one day, and then the next day they go uh, patch a roof. Uh, you may be able to uh, to split that up. Uh, and and that's all situation specific and and more than we're going to be able to get into today, but that's why it's really important that folks find an insurance agent that is, um, you know, is well versed in in how workers' compensation works because uh, so many different classifications, and you got to make sure that you choose the right one. Because um, one of the stats you sent me was that on average, seventy five percent of these classifications are incorrect. Um, so well, seventy five percent of 75% of premium audits uh, are incorrect, and the the classification is the the foundation of what your premium audit's going to be based on. You know, workers' comp is, is unique in that 
you pay a premium up front based on your estimate of what your payroll is going to be during the year. Uh, and then the insurance company uh, comes back sometimes in person, sometimes over Zoom, sometimes they'll just send you a form in the mail um, to kind of true up the, the books, so to speak. Uh, and if, you're, if the wrong classifications are on your policy, then you're not going to be paying hmm. uh, the correct premium. And if your business is large enough uh, to have an experience modification factor, then that's going to impact the experience mod down the road as well. So you, so you mentioned um, getting the right insurance agent, um, whatnot, but let's just talk about someone here who's listening to the show. They're an entrepreneur who just started a business. Maybe they have five employees. They're not really huge yet, right? They're, they're, they want they want to get huge, right? So what are some of the ways that you know, maybe they're thinking about, okay, now I think I should have workers comp because five of my guys are out on the field. And they, they might get hurt. Um, how can they keep it kind of low where they're still able to make a profit in their business? Because if they're spending all their money on insurance, they're not going to make a profit. So how can you kind of balance having a good employee relationship, good workers comp, but also still make a profit? What do you, what do you recommend? So, that, that's a very a very broad question, but a couple of things <laughs> that uh, immediately come to mind uh, is is being smart about who you hire. Um, and there's you know a million things written about uh, hiring employees, and I'm not talking about finding folks that are that that know how to to do the work, uh, mm -hmm. but there there are processes that you can implement to make sure uh, that the people you're hiring are capable. Uh, of doing doing the work, um, and and that's something you know that you know if folks want to talk more about that, they can uh, certainly reach out. We'll talk about how to do that uh, later. But if you know the first thing is to get the right people uh, on the bus, and the the next piece is to think about uh, occupational safety. So um, there's you know every business has you know different safety requirements. But one thing that, that you see a lot, especially in smaller businesses, uh, is that, you know, it's, it tends to be a group of folks that kind of feel like they know what they're doing. Um, it's not, it's not become a, what I, you know, what you'd probably think of as a more sophisticated business, right? We're just out here, you know, trying to grow and it's very tempting and very easy, uh, to shortcut the things that, uh, that you should be doing. I mean, as a simple example, uh, we have a, a pretty small business that cleans the gutters uh, at our house. And when they were very small, I'm talking about like the founders and maybe one other person, uh, they did not uh, tie themselves off to secure themselves when they were on the roof. Uh, but, but today as they've, uh, as they've, they've grown um, now, when those fellas get on the roof, they have all the appropriate uh, fall protection. And, and, and talking know, the, about fall protection, I mean, we're talking about now potentially dealing with injuries, right? Um, I know we're right, kind of because it's injuries that are going to drive up your your costs, right? So when let's say that those guys that you're talking about, one of them falls off the roof and gets hurt, how do you now deal with that? Like, what's what's an what's an employer or a star, an owner of a business? What are they going to deal with now? What's the next step for them? Right, so. And this is is another one of the the key pieces of the puzzle. So the first thing you want to do uh, is is check with your insurance agent and see if you are in a state where 
you as the employer have the right to tell that injured employee uh, which doctor they're going to go see. And, mm, and here we're exempting the folks where we have to call 911. Like that, that situation is going to take care of itself. Uh, but if someone falls and they, uh, they, they break something or they, you know, they're just like, oh, my knee hurts. Um, in most states, the employer can at the very least uh, say, hey, you know, Dr. Bob down the street is, is great. And if you, you know, we're going to take care of everything. Um, and in a lot of states, you can, you know, it's the rule that if the employer says, this is where you're going, then that's where you have to go, at least for your initial treatment. And that's important because not because the employer wants to find somebody that's going to kind of try and shade things their way, but rather the employer should strive to find an, a doctor that specializes in occupational medicine. Because the it. danger is um, if the injured employee goes to their personal doctor, then, um, and they say to the doctor, oh, yeah, my knee hurts. And the doctor says, yeah, what do you do? And they say, well, I climb ladders all day. And they're like, well, you're not going to be able to climb ladders for at least a month. And now they have an out-of-work note for a month, and, and you're stuck. Where an occupational doctor working with an employer, hopefully that employer has job duties that they can assign to that injured employee gotcha. until they're ready to climb ladders again. So it's like a temporary reassignment. That makes sense. Um, yeah, exactly. So um, tell me a little bit about um, mod worksheets. I'm, I'm not really familiar with the lingo too much, but um, you've analyzed a lot of them. It says 1200. So tell me a little bit about what those mod worksheet analysis are and maybe some insights you can provide. Yeah. So, so the experience modification factor, this is something that exists in, uh, in all states, um, the possible exception of Washington, Wyoming, and North Dakota uh, that are all monopolistic. The workers' compensation is run by uh, the state in those states. Oh, so wow. Ohio's like that too, but they have their own, they do have an experience modification factor. And the first thing to know about your experience modification factor is that it measures you uh, and your results with employee injuries against other businesses like yours. So okay. um, in most states, uh, the average is 1.0. In California, they show that as 100%. Uh, so 1.0 is average. If you're above 1.0, that means that your injury results are worse than average. If you're below 1.0, uh, you're better than average. And that factor is applied to your premium. So uh, if you take two identical businesses, same business, same payroll, one's had, one has an experience mod of 1.5, another one has an experience mod of 0.75, that 0.75 would expect to pay substantially less on the same, uh, the same payroll, all other things uh, being equal. And for, for employers, the first thing that I would recommend that you look at on your experience mod worksheet is... Um, in most states, the column is labeled IJ, uh, and and this is in the part of the mod worksheet that shows the employee injuries that your folks have suffered, uh, and the IJ stands for injury code, and injury code six uh, means that that injury was medical only. There was no lost wage payments made on that injury. There are eight other injury codes, but we don't need to talk about those. The six means medical only. And nationwide, 
about 75% of all workers' compensation claims are medical only. And if you're substantially worse than that ratio, uh, then you probably want to look into how you could build a light duty recovery at work program for your injured employees. And can you talk about uh, that for a second? Like, so let's, let's, let's actually find out what you mean by that because the landscape has changed over the last several years in terms of workplace environments changing, industries changing. A lot of office buildings have kind of shut down people working from home. So, how, what's what do you what have you seen happen, and what do you think is going to happen now going forward? Another couple years in terms of how that works, because you're talking about light duties shifting from a medical incident, but what if people are already kind of working from home? How, how does that all work out? Well, if you, if you have folks that are are already in clerical positions, which is generally what work from home is, right? You you typically you know don't bring a lathe home from the the woodworking shop and work from home now instead <laughs> right. of working in the shop. Right. Um, so if, if someone is a clerical employee, the, the scope of injury that would make them completely unable to do that clerical work um, is generally pretty serious, right? You're talking about someone that's hospitalized or, or bedridden for some reason. So, you know, in those situations, light duty, um, might not be such a a great fit. It would be a very, you know, situation specific thing. Uh, But if we think about, you know, a little bit more labor intensive work. So, um, you know, let's say a a manufacturing facility, just a small machine shop, Uh, someone cuts their hand um, and now they're, you know, their hands bandaged up and it's going to be that way for two or three weeks. Uh, and they're not going to be able to operate the machine that they typically operate every day. So uh, the first question we encourage folks to ask is, what's not happening here? Um, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. We're a clerical business. But I know that there's always a pile of stuff that's waiting to get done, whether it's, you know, getting things in the mail or, you know, organizing things. So in your business, what work isn't getting done? Um, Got it. So it's yeah, kind of like looking be, at a gap in your business and like, here's kind of the things that we're falling behind on. Can you help us out with that? And, and, and that way you're being productive and you're helping us at the same time. That makes sense. Right. And if an employer can brainstorm those things now before an employee right. gets hurt, then you have this list and you can look and say, well, um, that's smart. You know, I, this thing, this thing isn't a good fit, but this other thing is. Identifying the gaps. It makes sense. All right, and, and where can people find out more about what you provide as a service and, and potentially using your service as well? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, folks can learn more about our business at workcompprofessionals.com. Uh, our, our primary business is actually working with insurance agents, but there's information for employers uh, on the website, including a link to a training program uh, that we've created specifically to help employers uh, get a good understanding of how workers' compensation works and how they can uh, work to improve their program. And we called that uh, Locked and Loaded Workers' Comp Training. Uh, There's a link to it on workcompprofessionals.com, and folks can also find that at lockedandloadedtraining.com. Awesome. Thank you, Kevin. WorkCompProfessionals.com. Check it out, guys. Hope you learned something about Workers' Comp, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. 
Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you learned something today, please support this podcast by subscribing to it, sharing it with your friends, and leaving a five-star review. You can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org, where you'll find information about my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, available on Amazon, as well as my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy or Skillshare. I'll see you at next week's episode.